Alden Polonese joins us. OP, it's Dave. It's Jay. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me on. Now, first first and foremost, OP, we you came across our radar recently because you you popped back up on Twitter and you said you'd you been in Twitter jail for a few months and it got us wondering <laughs> <laughs> how how did the great Olden Polonies get put in Twitter jail? Do you even know? Uh, well, apparently what happened was somebody or some, you know, some entity got into my account and they said I need to change my password. And so I tried to change the password, but it wasn't allowing me to. And so it just became this whole thing, you know, and because of COVID, you know, no one's working regular hours. So one thing led to another. So after about two weeks of trying to reach somebody, I said, you know what, forget it. So I kind of left it alone. It was, but that was like almost eight months yeah. of, of being in Twitter, in Twitter jail. So I finally got a response from them, and I was locked back in. So everything's back to normal now. So it was funny though. Your password, just to know, uh, your password wasn't zero, right? I just want to make sure. Like it was- oh no, 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 no! It's something very okay, very convoluted. It's hard to. It's, and part of the problem is the fact that it was hard for me to remember. Right. <laughs> is that the problem? We all forget our passwords until they ask. <laughs> Old Polity's with us. Uh, Op, do you listen? It's it's been a couple years since since you played, uh, but the. Does your body still, uh, I mean, listen, we're, we're sitting here in December. The season would have already been going for a couple months. But do you still kind of get those those itches around September, October, November? Or is that kind of worn off now as you, you, you've you eased into uh, the next part of your life? It's worn off, but we I do get it personally uh, just a little bit. Because like, the internal clock is still there. And around this time of year, it's like, Oh, basketball, you know, you think about it and you know, it's there and you're trying to see what's going on and the transactions and all that. So I still keep up with the game and I'm involved in it, but it's just the fact that I think internally I do get a little bit of that. I can feel it. It's almost like being amputated, even though the hand is gone, you can still feel, you know, you have that sensation, similar thing. Gotcha. Olden Polity's the former king joining us. Hey, speaking of those kings, Olden, I know you do keep up a lot with today's game. What do you think of some of the young pieces the kings have, specifically guys like De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley? Listen, I think, you know, well, first of all, De'Aaron Fox, congratulations. <laughs> all right. You got paid. <laughs> they weren't putting Man. on five-year, $193 million deals when you played out there, did they? <laughs> Man. This guy's making more in a month than I made in my career. <laughs> but I am happy for guys like that when they get, you know, the contracts and everything. But the Kings do have some nice pieces, you know. And a lot of that time, you know, what we don't realize is this. And I think young people tend to forget, you know, youth actually is wasted on the young. And so because they don't realize what they have to do. And a lot of times they don't have the right people around them showing them and telling them what to do and them following it. So they get caught in a rut. I can do it myself and everything else. Because what you did at Duke or Kentucky, you can't do in the NBA. Because these are now have become grown men. And so you have to change your mindset. 
And so, and the physicality of, of it is what gets a lot of guys. That's why you see a lot of young players get injured early in their careers because they're not used to it. And so to me, I've seen Marvin Bagley play since high school, and I, he's a talent. He technically is a generational talent, but how's he going to stay health-wise, you know, and how's he going to approach the game? But I like what the Kings have. I think Luke has his, his work cut out for him this year because, you know, they've really improved the team. And so he's going to have to find a way to get all these guys playing together. Oh, no, uh, uh, Opie, I, I want to stick with that for a second because Marvin Bagley is so – he's so tantalizing. Yeah, his rookie year, he was barely 19, and there were stretches where he was putting up 20, 30, 25, and, you know, 10, 12, 14 boards, and injuries are injuries. There's nothing you can do about that. But I, I got to tell you, as much as as much as much Sac- the Sacramento fan base has been frustrated with Marvin's injury issues, and let's be really honest – 90% of the frustration with Marvin Bagley, if it's not his injuries, it's that he's not Luka Doncic, which he can't control. But I have yet to hear somebody who's played the game. It's like what anytime I talk to somebody who's played basketball in the NBA and I say Marvin Bagley, their eyes get as big as pie plates and, and they say things like you. He's a generational talent. Don't sleep on Marvin Bagley. I was hoping you could expand on that, having watched him for so long. Really, if he's healthy, what the Kings have in this kid. Well, if he's healthy, to me, he's he's along the lines of Giannis because he can handle the ball. He can shoot. I, he's a better shooter than Giannis. He has um, right right shoulder, left shoulder moves. Uh, he runs the floor extremely well. He jumps high. He really is a generational talent, and he can transcend the game. He's not Luka Doncic. No, no one is. But he can be Marvin Bagley, and he can be really, really good. And so he has to have that focus. And there's got to be someone there keeping that fire lit. You know, because, again, you got to have all the right pieces, you know, for certain players. You know, whether it's just, you know, that mentor, the person that can connect with him, it has to be someone that can do that. And because these guys – Everything is being given to them. And so they have to know how to balance all of that. But at the same time, the coaching staff has to get on their job and make sure. I always tell people, you know, they have all these guys, player development coaches. There's no such thing. Players develop themselves. The talent is there. And so guys are going to do it. You, you can't come in and say, well, I developed this guy. No. They have to be able to do it themselves. And Marvin's going to have to find a way to keep that fire lit, stay focused, and stay injury-free, which is a hard thing to do, and you can't control that. But if those things happen, I, I kid you not, he's on that level, you know, of a Giannis, you know, guys like that. You know, um, I mean, Bam Adebayo, we've seen his development. He can be as good, if not better, than guys like that. Olden Paul, and he's joining us this morning. You know, you bring up so many great points there. And, and someone who played the game for a long time, because I like what you're talking about, guys need to develop themselves. But you're right. It, it is situational, though, and they have to be in a good situation. Was there is there a player that sticks out with you that either you played with or you watched exclusively who you were like, you know what, had they had that right situation, they would have been able to develop themselves better? Oh, man, that's <laughs> I could name a million guys. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's been so many plays in the NBA 
Um, perfect. Okay. Walt Williams. Remember Walt Williams? Yes, yes the wizard. The Sox. That was, that was a generational talent guy. You know, unfortunately, we didn't have certain pieces, you know, within the organization to, to where he was an all-star and everything else. Because to me, this kid had everything, you know, back when I was playing with him. I mean, he was, you know, the next match. You know how we always say the yeah, next, right. this, next, that he was along those lines. And so to me, it's plays like that. You know, a guy like Oliver Miller, you know, who, because he couldn't control his weight, was another guy who could have been a really, really good player in the NBA because he was very talented but overweight. Uh, we've had him. John Williams, I'm going way back, mm-hmm. you know, who was the next Magic Johnson. And so, let's see, currently, who do we have right now? Um, man, a lot of guys in the league. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm following your logic. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm following. But a lot of guys in the league today aren't developing as good as as well as they should uh, because they just get real comfortable right now. And when when I, I I'm following what you're saying, and listen, Kings fans are, are we get so upset when we look at you know oh we we passed on uh, you know we we passed on Dame uh, Dame Lillard for Thomas Robinson we passed on Luka Doncic we you know all these guys we passed and i i'm not doubting their talent at all but if i'm picking up what you're putting down a little bit here if if the kings had drafted Damian Lillard he very well may not be Damian Lillard right now had i don't, may, go ahead exactly okay. i i see what you're going and i agree with you he may not have developed into Damian Lillard, and that's the thing. Sometimes you got to get put in certain situations, you know, and if you get put in those situations, then good things happen and you're successful. And so all those things come into play. You are absolutely right. You know, if Dame Lillard is with Sacramento based on the situation, he may not develop. Draymond Green yeah. goes to any other team. He does not become Draymond Green. You know, the play that we see now, there's no way. He would have been so deep on the back of the bench. He's a second-round pick. He would have been so far down the line. But because he ended up at Golden State and they had the patience with him, plus that injury to David Lee occurred, and now all of a sudden he gets an opportunity, which was given to him by the team being patient. We have Draymond Green, superstar. (laughs) So that's how this thing works. Thomas Robinson, you know, who you mentioned coming out of Kansas, was legit one of the best players out. And sometimes we get caught in the fancy car instead of the reliable car, you know, to use that analogy. We get caught up in the bling-blings and everything else, but then, you know, there's this sturdy truck over here that's going to get us from point A to point B and be there, you know, 100,000 miles, and we, we tend to pass that up. So I know you went into it a little bit. This is so fascinating to me, OP. What, 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 what is it? So, so we want to bring the Dame Lillards here and have them develop. We want to, we want our our guys to develop like the the Spurs have done, like like the Warriors, like the Blazers. So, what is the key there? Is it you know a couple years ago, Vlade brought in you know the Zach Randolphs and the Vince Carters of the world, and and he would say publicly and privately, he'd say, "Listen, we, you you need those vets, you need those guys on road trips, you need those guys in the locker room." But then you you, you mentioned coaching and actual. Where does how do you as a, a franchise like the Kings? How do you get to the point where you become a development factory? 
Well, you got to bring in all the right people. You got to, it starts at the top. I always say this everything starts at the top and it trickles down. Good comes down, or bad comes down. What's the top? And is so it ownership? Me, is it ownership? Is it, is it the top? What's the top for I'm you? I'm not going to say it's ownership okay. because I think uh, Vivek's done a great job of empowering everybody, sure. maybe to a fault. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, and so you got to have the people that. You know, they do report to Vivek, but they they still – and he's allowed them to do their own thing. But it got to be a comfort zone. Sometimes you got to be uncomfortable, you know, for success. The, what, what the um, San Antonio Spurs have done is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You know, no one's ever going to be able to copy that. You know, but at the same time, we can see um, different scenarios where some of that has rubbed off. You know, Presti – Sam Presti has done a great job wherever he's gone, you know, developing. Um, the Utah Jazz do a great job of de- developing. So you got to get those people in place as opposed to, you know, bringing in your friends. Sometimes that nepotism and all that, that, that backfires on you. You can't bring all your buddies, you know, into the situation because you're comfortable with them. And so you bring them into work, but they don't know what they're doing. You know, I don't want to call people out because, again, I was really involved in Sacramento's, you know, staying around the area and watching things for a while when George Carr was there. And so I saw a lot of the ins and outs of what was going on, like with DeMarc, you know, him cussing our coaches and everything else. But that was not so much DeMarcus's fault. It was the fact that they had allowed it to happen. And so I wasn't even on payroll, and it was like, I was like, hey, man, you can't act like that. You can't do that, you know? And so, but being there and seeing it firsthand, I felt obligated to say something to him. And so to me, that's what it was. It was a lot of people that were just having a good time, getting a paycheck. They didn't want to ruffle any feathers. They didn't want to bother anybody. You're not going to be successful with that. Olden Paul, he's joining us this morning with some uh, terrific insight into the Sacramento Kings and the NBA in general. Uh, OP, we've been having some fun with something this morning. Uh, ESPN put out their top 100 players. LeBron and AD hit one and two on the list, and obviously a duo in Los Angeles. And it got us thinking, and I'd love your, I'd love your thoughts on this. Who's the best Lakers duo? Is it LeBron, AD, Shaq and Kobe, or is it Magic and Kareem? I'm going with Magic and Kareem. Gotcha. You know, right now, you know, we live in this, you know, right now, you know, microwave society. Everything is in the moment. And I'm not going to get caught up based on what these guys did in one year. That's ridiculous, you know, for them to be one and two. But again, ESPN is, you know, part, you know, LeBron and ESPN, they go hand in hand. So he's always going to be number one or number two in any poll that they do. And so to me, that's really unfair to a lot of great players. But at the same time, you know, that, that's their right to do so. But I'm going with Magic and Kareem, followed by Shaq and Kobe. Olden Polonese with us. OP, I want to get, I just want to follow up one more thing on, on what's really been our, our main topic, and that's as far as development. You said starts at the top. Uh, you got to bring in all the right people. You know, one thing I remember listening to our colleague Doug Christie 
uh, on the shows. He, he was talking about, you know, he he had a guy and, and also, uh, you know, he had a mentor and then that also he became a mentor. I, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I forget who his, his guy was that mentored him, but I remember him saying his rookie was, was Vince Carter. So I'm curious for you, who was your guy when you came in the league that, that you really leaned on or guys? And then was there anybody that stands out for you that, that you ended up? Cause it sounds like you, you mentored quite a few, but anybody that stands out that you grabbed as a rookie? Um, well, the first part of that, um, when I got to Seattle, I had Xavier McDaniel, the X-Man, Dale Ellis, Tom Chambers, Nate McMillan, wow. you know, Alton Lister. I had veterans, grown men with mortgages, wives, and kids. And so, you know, and I was actually, you know, I was a kid. I was a young man. But it was Clement Johnson who was the guy that stood out above everybody else because Clement played my position and Clement played for the 76ers and a couple other teams. Great guy. But it was like, I'm coming in, taking his job, but yet he was still helping me. And so to me, that said so much about him because it was like, it didn't matter about his career. And he ended up saying it to me. He said, Hey man, if I help you get better, we get better, you know? So I'm not worried about my job. I've been in this game long enough. I want you to be good. And that blew me away. And so from that moment on, I was like, it's okay to help someone else. You know, I remember like when we drafted Brian Grant and Michael Smith and, you know, we, we just kept drafting people and they're supposed to be taking my job, but it was like, hey, I got to return the favor. And so I was in the gym with them, helping them out. You know, and fast forward to when I re-signed in 2003 with the Clippers, you know, I had Chris Kamen, my position, you know, Elton Brand. I had to pass what I knew to those guys as well. That's, that's, that's It's so cool to hear just how, how that works, how that dynamic works, something that, that we don't often see. OP, I'm going to level with you. We've met a few times. I've seen you at golf tournaments. We've had some fun, and I've always loved you. And and when when Jay and I were discussing bringing you on, I thought it was going to be, hey, we'll, 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 we'll ask why you're, you you were locked out of Twitter. We'll, we'll, it'll be one of those, what are you doing these days, OP? And, you know, you're, you, you've got some business on the side or something. You know, your classic catch-up moments. I'm just being dead honest. We got on a tangent. And I remember watching you do Color for the Monarchs. I've seen you speak on basketball before, so shame on me. But I, I, I've had so much fun over the last 20 minutes, and I love I love picking your brain. I, I love hearing your insights from a very unique perspective as somebody who played the game and who can articulate those thoughts so well in layman's terms so dummies like we can understand. I'm sure you're busy, but I'd love to have you back on a few times. I, I, I really think the fans get a service by hearing you talk basketball. Man, I they, I really appreciate that, and I would love to. You know, it's like everybody that knows me from Sacramento knows I'm an open book, yep. sometimes to my detriment. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> we followed sometimes you. Sometimes to my detriment, but I'm an open book. You know, if you don't want honesty, don't talk to me. <laughs> right. That's what we want. And you made the mistake of giving me your phone number, so we're going to we're gonna abuse it a bit, and we'll, uh, we'll call on you again. And if you have the time, you always have a chair with us. And uh, we love you. We appreciate your time. You're always a king with us. Oh, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate it. That means a lot.